in a normal year, it's a very delicate balancing act. And, and this year, trying to estimate demand is just, I don't know, I, maybe it's too, too much to say impossible, but it's extraordinarily difficult. Hi, I'm Daphne Howland. And I'm Ben Oglesby. We're senior reporters with Retail Dive, and this is our podcast where we break down the biggest industry news and trends. And talk about some of the things that don't always make it into our articles. This is The Backroom. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Backroom. Today, we're going to be talking about what happened a couple weeks ago during the Black Friday Thanksgiving shopping weekend. Ben, you were the one who drew the short straw on that one. And this was the holiday red letter event weekend. Leading up to this, retailers had really been trying to move sales forward, forward, even before Halloween. Like, everyone get your shopping done. Once Thanksgiving hit, we were sort of back into the traditional period of time when people think about holiday shopping. The pandemic's still going on, if not worse than ever. So what did it look like as you covered this these shopping days? So it was a weird year. I mean, obviously, it is a weird year for Black Friday. I think on Black Friday itself, we crossed the threshold for 200,000 COVID cases in, in a single day. So the pandemic was kind of the backdrop to all of this. And retailers knew that that could be the case. I mean, public health officials have been talking about since the summer, I want to say that it could be a, a really bad fall in terms of COVID. So they, they knew that. They knew people would be wary about going to stores. And no store also wants to be the site of a super spreader event, wants to be a vector of the, the disease. So the goal this year was to try to keep people out of their stores, which is sort of, I mean, is sort of backwards from, from the usual Black Friday. And so, yeah, so it start, I mean, a lot of it started in October, as you said, um, retailers trying to, to pull forward sales with, with big discounting. Amazon kind of led the way with Prime Day. And we did see uh, big spikes in, in online sales in October, and they continued into to November. You know, online sales were well above what they were the previous year in, in the early weeks of November. You know, Walmart, Target, they had Black Friday like discounting going on through through the entire month. A lot of other stores started their discounting, you know, a week or two weeks in advance. Thanksgiving was completely different this year. For at least temporarily, we kind of reversed the tide of of Black Friday creep. It seems like in, in past years, you know, more and more retailers would open on Thanksgiving. And this year, everybody shut their doors except for you know, drug stores, grocery stores. I think a couple of the dollar stores stayed open. Walmart closed for the first time in, I think, more than 30 years. Target closed. Macy's closed. A lot, a lot of retailers that were open last Thanksgiving were, were closed this year. So you can see the, the foot traffic on Thanksgiving just plummeted. I mean, just dropped. It was almost 100% down from what it was, according to one of the, the foot traffic analytics firms that, that follows it. That's interesting. You know, I actually have to say about Thanksgiving, I wonder if we're ever going to see that again, because so many people were prevented from going home for Thanksgiving this year. And I just wonder if it would be really hard to sort of encourage consumerism and shopping when people are probably going to be pretty appreciative of just hanging out in an enclosed space. 
which they're not allowed to do right now. I mean, that's an interesting point. I mean, we've been asking that question with so many of the radical changes we and, and radical, you know, shopping changes that we've seen this year. We're just kind of wondering what's going to stick, what's going to last, what's going to revert back to the mean or halfway back to what it was in 2019. And I, I, with all of that, we just kind of got to wait, wait and see. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. But online shopping surged on Thanksgiving. So people are shopping. They're just doing it on their smartphones and their their computers. And a lot of retailers offered like curbside pickup on Black Friday for purchases that they made during Thanksgiving. Traffic on Thanksgiving, according to several different sources, was down. Foot traffic was down 50%, which is, you know, was to be expected. That was that was the goal. Retailers kind of planned for that. Online sales surged 20%. Yeah, they hit a record, but also not, uh, they didn't necessarily grow as fast as as they could have. But that's also partly because people are doing a lot of shopping earlier in the month online and in stores and and shopping in October too. So that may have taken the the wind out of uh, Black Friday sales a little bit. Which means, by the way, the third quarter might have taken some of the wind out of the fourth quarter. Some of these retailers that sort of had surprise good third quarters might have a not so great surprise in the fourth quarter, you know, if it just starts to all spread out. And for those companies, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, the goal was to keep people out of stores, but it was also for online shopping to kind of ease some of the stress on their supply chain and logistics network in the fourth quarter, because there's probably going to be just a mad delivery rush in, in December and no one wanted this huge crunch. So I, th- I think that was another goal in trying to pull sales forward and, and spread them out through November and and, into, and even into October and earlier. The one thing that I discovered, thanks to some research done by analysts, is that some retailers, you know, the pandemic was really playing havoc with inventory and merchandise levels and stuff. And so a lot of retailers, especially when the stores were forced closed, just stopped orders, canceled orders, refused shipments. So right about now, they're they're going into the holidays with really lean, lean inventories. And so their clearance racks are really sparse. And in a lot of cases, they've been able to get away with marking down a lot less. So there's a little cadre of retailers who are discovering that they can make more money by selling less. So that's another thing that I'm interested to see if that's going to lack. And it's a good thing as long as you're not out of the thing that a customer wants when they come looking for it. Well, yeah, because if you could sell 10 at full price, but you only had nine, or if you could sell 20 but you only had nine. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. In a normal year, it's a very delicate balancing act. And and this year, trying to estimate demand is just, I don't know, I, maybe it's too too much to say impossible, but it's extraordinarily difficult to, to, to do demand analysis and demand predictions right now. Retail is so tricky on a good day, but this year it's been supply and demand have gotten sort of really badly disrupted and messed with. So this is going to be an interesting holiday, which will take us into 2021, a year that a lot of people are really looking forward to because 2020 has been, it's been tough and we're hoping it's been unusual. 2021, what does it look like for retail, would you say? 
As for retail, I mean, I, I think for a lot of people, 2020's problems are going to be dragged into to 2021. When you look at the holidays, the retailers that are probably that are getting hurt the hardest are the ones that are already hurting before the pandemic, which is the mall-based apparel retailers and and department stores. During Black Friday week, foot traffic was down at the malls. And, and they probably suffered the most. And and even before the holidays, the, the recovery in retail from the store closure period in the spring, it's been the slowest going at, at the indoor malls. Like people are just not returning to indoor malls at the same rates that they are returning to other kinds of retail centers. So they were hurting before <laughs> before the pandemic. If they didn't have good e-commerce operations, they were hurting during the closures. It's the holidays and they're still hurting. One analytics firm, Edison Trends, they looked at department stores on Cyber Monday and sales were down at a lot of them. Sales were down at Kohl's, sales were down at JCPenney's, sales were down by like half at JCPenney. That's a problem. I mean, if your shoppers are not turning to you online when online sales across the industry are surging and people aren't coming into your stores, I mean, that's that's tough. I don't know if you're hearing this from your sources, but I've had a lot of people mention a lot of people have a lot of extra money right about now that they might not usually have if they've had a busy summer where they travel or they spend money going out to the movies or going to concerts and all the stuff that you do in the summer to make a summer fun that takes money. People had savings because they couldn't do that stuff. So the problem is that a lot of the recovery that we saw this year in retail sales was thanks to a significant level of support from the federal government, which enabled people to pay their rent and just get through day-to-day living. And I'm hearing from so many different people in the retail business or retail adjacent businesses that the consumer, as these benefits are running out, for some people they have run out, evictions are going to be allowed back to happen and stuff. I think that that could really have a dampening effect, at least on a the consumer that is um, living paycheck to paycheck or who is aware of the fact that, you know, maybe even they're in a more comfortable level of income than that, that, that any kind of event could, could be a financial challenge for them. So they might be holding back. And a lot of people in sort of the real estate business, the retail business, different walks of life, different political stripes are just really, really would like to see some additional federal support, pandemic relief. Hanging over 2021 are a lot of unknowns. And, and, and that was the same case with the holiday season and, and now we're in it. But some, a lot of the same unknowns are going to carry into to 2021. Will there be another stimulus to to what extent, you know, what, if so, what's it going to look like? And we, I mean, until we still have no idea if or if there will be, I mean, we've been through the presidential election, but the, but the Senate's still up for grabs and that's likely going to have a, have a big impact on if there's a stimulus and, and what it looks like. So, that, you know, the stimulus is a, is, a, is a major question mark hanging over 2021 vaccine and a, and a vaccine rollout. You know, when we started the holiday season, we still didn't know whether there would be, you know, for sure be a vaccine in 2021 and, and what 
production might look like. Now it's, you know, I, while we're speaking, it's December 11th and an FTA board gave some sort of preliminary agreement. I, <laughs> I, don't, cover, I don't cover this industry. Yeah, it was, so it's emergency. It's like a, an emergency go ahead that's not, it's not the kind of FDA approval that you get on a drug, uh, you know, that goes through weeks and months of review. But the development of the vaccine and the efficacy of it, the fact that it seems to be extremely effective, even after a first dose, even though it requires two in one or two of the different vaccines, I mean, that's going to make a huge difference, obviously. Whereas I think we used to think of a vaccine as almost that magical thing that will finally free us of this nightmare and this worry is going to be a much longer rollout into 2021. That's one of the question marks that's carrying over. But yeah, we, we went from a much cloudier place, not uh, in, in terms of whether whether there would be a vaccine and how many and if production would get to scale to there's what three, maybe more that have shown really good effectiveness and plans are already sort of in place to try to roll it out. And now, but now there's the question of logistics, of rollout, of production. So at least in the first half of, of the year, the pandemic is probably going to still play a major part in retail. A second half is still a bit of a question mark. So we should say when you do go out there and go shopping in stores, wear your masks. Don't just leave it up to the retail workers to remind you about your masks. So 2021, it's still going to be a challenge, even let's call it light at the end of the tunnel. But maybe I think I heard someone say we don't just we just don't know quite how long the tunnel is. Which retailers do you think need to turn it around in 2021? Anyone who is already kind of in distressed area right now is going to have a tough time still in 2021. Like, <laughs> To whatever extent, you know, broadly accessible vaccine could bring normality back. Like it's not going to happen soon enough, probably for the companies that are in deepest distress. So we're still probably going to see a lot of bankruptcies in, in the early part of the year. And a lot of them are going to be the usual suspects. They're going to be the mall-based apparel retailers. They're going to be private equity-owned retailers that have uh, that are highly leveraged, have a lot of debt on their books. Some of the big department stores, I mean, Macy's, Nordstrom, Kohl's, I think they all have a lot of financial wherewithal, but they're not, I mean, they're struggling. And especially Macy's and Nordstrom are, are very much tied to the mall, which is still very much struggling. And you just wrote today, Daphne, about even owners of some of the, the so-called class A malls, they're having a, t a tough time too. Yeah. You know, I've had a couple of people who will tell me, oh, everyone thinks the A malls are going to be fine. They're not fine. I mean, part of it is just that that shopping model is not, that was perfect for a moment in time when U.S. suburbia was where it's at and driving into a parking lot, into, into a sea of cars made sense. There's a lot that's changed about how people shop. And it's not even just the fact that people buy a lot of things online. Even for downtown areas, I think it's it's an open question. How how long will it take before office workers get back into their office buildings? That supports a lot of retailers. And when do tourists start coming back to places like San Francisco and LA and Houston and Miami and New York that, you know, a lot of retail 
including malls in, in those areas actually depend on, on huge influxes of tourists. I mean, none of that, none of that office, that busy office workday traffic and, or tourist traffic is happening right now. And I, I don't know, it's going to be a while before that comes back. And well, and the, and the office traffic may never come back to the level it was at in, in 2019. And, and, you know, when we talk about department stores, we we've talked about this before. I mean, department stores are, mostly apparel retailers across the board. Yeah. I mean, to varying degrees, but I think they all carry more apparel than than anything else. And Nordstrom, I mean, Nordstrom is over the past five years has been one of the stronger department stores, but they're heavy into fashion and more formal fashion too, which mean, we still don't know what what's going to happen with the apparel market. I mean, is it, I mean, there will be more, you know, apparel buying for events and for work, but to the extent, I mean, we'll, we'll, <laughs> after we've all spent a year in our sweatpants, <laughs> are we ever going to go back? It's true. Well, it's a really interesting space. I would say, especially as you say, I think a lot of companies have realized that they, they can let their workers work from home and be just as productive, if not more. I think that surprised a lot of a lot of CEOs. Retailers too have figured this out. Re- retailers too, I think, are themselves are planning on keep having more of their work for their corporate workforce work work from home because I mean so many retailers are looking to cut yeah, costs anywhere exactly. they can. You can save money on office space. Well that means a lot that means the work where that seems we, I, I'm not even sure what that is anymore. I mean, if you think about, I mean, there, there's a certain profession. Um, I know a lot of people make, including me, make a lot, a big deal out of the fact that Golden Sachs uh, a couple of years ago pulled back on their dress code, but um, bankers and lawyers and, and a certain echelon of business person is always going to wear a suit and tie. I mean, I, there are, there's, you know, people want their attorneys to show up dressed like attorneys. It's not going to entirely go away, but day-to-day office wear, that might not be a thing ever again. I don't know, but people might be ready to go to parties and dress up for parties. That, that I am hearing that from fashion people. I'm not sure if it's wishful thinking but i can picture it can't you where people yeah i mean there's probably a lot of people who are excited to get dressed up and go out but but then like after the first like couple weeks or months of doing that (laughs) it loses its it loses its novelty like are you gonna long for your for your for your quarantine clothes it's it's funny because our our um social life right now is centered around fire pits Backyard fire pits. And oh, I just I just acquired one. Uh, it's really uh, a about, great about thing. About a week ago, and it you really can hang is. out with friends in temperatures that you had no idea you could tolerate. But now all my sweaters <laughs> and coats smell like burnt wood. So at some point, I think I might want to have a wardrobe that doesn't <laughs> smell like a fire pit. But the other thing is, you know, so I'm reading a lot from analysts about pent-up demand for certain kinds of apparel that is going to help in a few months. But the other thing that's really going to see pent-up demand is travel and experiences and all the things that people really wish they could do right now. And once people start spending money on that, they're not going to have the money to spend on stuff. So that's another challenge for retailers is the recovery 
in some ways that that savings that people had at the end of the summer that that helped out a little bit that's not going to happen once people are are allowed to get back to doing the fun things that they really like to do a lot of retailers that have thrived or or at least done well during the covid era era you know in 2021 you know late 2021 early 2022 when we start transitioning I mean, they're going to have their own set of challenges for the companies like Walmart and Target and Costco and whoever that sucked up a bunch of other customers because they were essential and people were consolidating trips. You know, they have to hold on to those customers and hold on to that market share. For the people selling categories like home goods that got a big boost, how long is the focus on your home going to last? And there's a lot of other categories like that that got a big boost and then when life shifts again, which ho- hopefully it will at some point, if, if not if not in the back half of 2021 and 2022 or, or whenever, like hopefully it's going to shift again and everyone's going to have to have to readapt. And just the way that retailers define success or even survival is just constantly, constantly changing. We're going to have our eye on concrete things like numbers and results. But I think in a way... 2021 will feel successful if there's always progress being made. You know, 2020 was such a constant bombardment of bad news. I think if there's just a feeling, even if it's two steps forward, one step back, (laughs) even if the forward outweighs the back, and that can actually have that can actually have an effect on the consumer. For some retailers, it's it's not going to just be about sentiment it's going to have to be uh, the, the rubber hitting the road i've talked to a lot of uh with, with a lot of analysts who are you know you usually in retail we look so much at year over year numbers um but that's kind of impossible right now because 2020 was so bad so everybody's going to be showing vast improvements in the first quarter and the second quarter because a lot of them had their store fleets closed so that so that is not nearly as as meaningful as it was, and it, and if you aren't, <laughs> you're in really big trouble. You know, a lot of analysts are are using 2019 as as the benchmark. So that that is the goal everyone is moving toward. It's not growth, and it's certainly not growth against 2020. It's can can you get back to to your 29 level level of things? But I've talked with other people who take a different approach. I mean, who are just like scratch, you know, just throw out the past. And are you making are you making progress month to month, quarter to quarter? Are you digging yourself out out of out of a hole? Are you showing improvement? Because again, I mean, everything everything is constantly changing. I think we're going to probably see a lot of patience on the part of a lot of people, consumers. But I think we're also going to see new behaviors. I don't think we know what this experience has done to sort of consumers' mindsets, what they're going to prioritize as far as their spending. Retailers will have a lot to study, I think, when it comes to getting to know their customer. I think there's going to be a little bit of re-getting to know their customer. So that sounds like a project for 2021. And that's the next time we'll be here at the back room. Happy New Year. That's all the time we have today. Thanks for listening.